0: what is up everybody oh welcome back to the just another car show podcast we are here for the third episode of the just another car show podcast number three put them up if you haven't heard the first two yet you're missing out very dearly missing out on some good news good conversation all good stuff that has to do with the stuff you love that being cars we got park as always on the other side park how you feeling today man
1: feeling alive and well feeling blessed dude Talking about uh last episode, I think I saw one of the Wagoneers today in Columbus. Totally wrapped, you know, when when they're under when they're the undercover cars, mm-hmm. had Michigan plates. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was one of the new Jeep Wagoneers. So Ooh. listen to our last episode to find out more about that wagoneer. Yeah, really definitely. Cool. I felt like an undercover spy.
0: There you go. Yeah. And were you seeing it when it was still kind of they're starting to show the body, it's not completely covered, it just had the wrap on it.
1: Fully wrapped. Okay. Fully nice. wrapped. And it had nice. that weird wrap that distorts the eyes, so you can't really the see what's under stuff. there. But you know, because we're insiders, we're industry insiders, we know what's going on. They can't fool us. Oh We've been my around the block.
0: <laughs> All right. So as usual today we got the my time behind the wheel. Park is gonna go through a nine four four. Um, we got some news for you, some like pretty sus news that you're going to want to pay attention to because we're all getting a little bit worried out here. Red flags flying like madmen out here, flying out here. And then a good open conversation at the end of the podcast for everybody who needs just a little bit extra car conversation in their life. So I'm going to let Park take off because he's doing my time behind the wheel this week and I will just hit him with those good questions. Here we go.
1: Hit me with those good questions. So this week we're talking about the Porsche 944, the 944. So I want to start off just to all of you hardcore Porsche fans that are going to be listening. Mm. It's a real Porsche. I think a lot of Porsche people think that if it's not a 911, it ain't a real Porsche. It's a real Porsche. So we're going to start off with some history. Really interesting. If you're fans of donut, you're going to be very familiar with the the oil crisis. That happened in the the late 70s, early 80s, and mm. this was part of the reason Porsche went for their front-engined transaxle cars. Helped diversify from just a 911, some some different streams of income.
0: Was the uh, 944 the first front-engine car that Porsche made?
1: It was not, and we're going to get into that. Love so it, love it for those of you who don't know. Porsche's history, for those of you that are just familiar with it now, you've got SUVs, you've got sedans, and then you've got multiple sports cars. Before the 924, there were no production sports cars other than the 911. And so this was Porsche's first diversification of their revenue. So they introduced the front engine transaxle design with their 924 and their 928. So the 924 was a an inline four-cylinder sports car, and then the 928 was more of a grand touring, much bigger, had a 4.5-liter V8, which oddly enough only produced 219 horsepower. So it's, it's 70s, another interesting man. perspective. Yeah, just big beefy yeah. engines that didn't just really didn't do much. So uh, Porsche, being a racing company, the 924 debuted at, debuted at Le Mans and did fairly well. Now, the 924 at Le Mans was, of course, much different than the 924 that was being uh, released in production. The the first 924s actually just had a Volkswagen truck engine in them, Mm. and so they were nothing really too exciting. So Porsche came out with a 924 Carrera GT, which uh, is going to be put on your screen now by Ben. Boom. And was really the first iteration of a 944. So it had much wider wheel wells, much wider rear end. Uh, From a design perspective, not an actual, the, the rear end was not wider, but they put body panels to make the hips more aerodynamic. And it's a really good looking car, which led to the 944 being put into production with a bigger engine Mm-hmm. And uh, just a just a much better looking car. The 924 was pretty much just straight. I think it got a little wider as it went to the rear, but mm-hmm. really no wheel arches. Uh, there was no f- uh, tail on the on the rear end, uh, and it made the 944 what it is. I, I think one of the best looking cars on the road. Uh, 944 went through a, a turbo model that they continued to make in parallel. Uh, Mm -hmm. then a 944S, and then a 944S2, which led to the final update, 968. And the 968 was one of their first, one of Porsche's first cars with a six-speed transmission in it, six-speed manual. Mm. Uh, The 44 had a five-speed. So the looks, like I just said, I think it's one of the best-looking cars on the road whenever you put it out there. Yeah, yeah,
0: because its body style seems to be very timeless. Like even uh, seven or eight years ago, I was looking at them and they look like, They look like they were cool from the 70s, in the 80s, through the 90s, and even they're still cool now. But I do wonder, how does the Porsche community feel? Because it is more of a a square, boxier car. Mm -hmm. And Porsche seems historically to like smooth lines, nice curves. So how did the Porsche community accept the 944? Do you feel like it was well accepted? Do you feel like people kind of had some pushback? What do you feel about that?
1: It's a really good question. Uh, I can't speak on behalf of the Porsche community. Uh, but I think it's it goes back to if it's not a 911, that's not a real Porsche. But mm-hmm. it, it handles so well with that transaxle design. And I've, I forgot to, I don't think I explained what a transaxle is. So a transaxle gave the 944 its almost perfect 50-50 weight distribution. Mm-hmm. So instead of having separate functions of a transmission, a rear axle, and a differential, it combines all of those into one Mm. piece so that they put the transmission all the way at the rear of the car, and it gave it the 50-50 perfect weight distribution.
0: Very nice. If
1: the 944-24 had not been successful at Le Mans and in their different racing circuits, I would be curious to see what... The Porsche community thought of it, Mm. but Porsche always designs great cars Mm -hmm. as much as people want to complain about their automatic transmission, as much as they want to complain about electronic steering. Yeah. Porsche does it right. The Cayenne, which is their biggest SUV, handles phenomenally around a track. The Macan handles really well. The Panamera handles well. The new electric Porsche is incredibly fast and handles really well. I
0: love that car. That's a beautiful car.
1: The Takan, y'all to look up some of the videos of how fast this thing is. It's insane. So I think the Porsche community respects it. Mm-hmm. It it's not it's it's not fast. And and that transitions us into the drive. It's very slow. Mm-hmm. It it only came with 150 horsepower from the showroom, and that's just the base 944. Yeah. And that was back in 1986. And if you watch Top Gear, you're very familiar that some of those horse, horsepowers just leave. They get out of the stable and they're gone over time. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be real curious to see what uh, my buddy's 944 actually has now. Uh, but it's very, very slow. And because it's an old car, it takes time to warm up. Yeah. Fluids have to have to uh, circulate through the engine, through the transmission, and it's just it's really slow. Sometimes yeah. you feel like it's not going to get out of its own way. But again, you don't buy a Porsche because you're going to be screaming down the road. I mean, now the new ones are incredibly fast. They do. But back then, the the 911s weren't real fast in a straight line either. They Mm -hmm. had six-cylinder engines, but they weren't pushing these insane horsepower numbers that you're getting out of it today. So I think when you talk about the Porsche community and the essence of what a Porsche is, a Porsche is amazing in the tight corners it goes fast yeah. around a track not because it's going to beat you in the straights but because it's going to beat you through the corners mm-hmm. so i think the porsche community accepted now some of those early 924s with the volkswagen truck engine ah, i don't know if guys get too excited about that yeah but i think when porsche fully integrated their engineering their engine performance uh, I, th- I think guys accepted as a real porsche
0: yeah, yeah. I think because um, again, I looked at one when I was eighteen or nineteen, just because they were so cheap. Like to uh, the ones I looked at were like five grand, and to yep. be able to buy a Porsche, just saying that sentence, I bought a Porsche for five thousand dollars. is an amazing mm-hmm. thing to say, and and you do get like like what you're saying in that car. You get all of the things that Porsche values, which is all the things that make a good sports car, good handling good in corners the engineering is designed well and put together well it is really like and they have become more expensive over time i've noticed yep yep but, they have. but uh it is really like a great car for someone who wants a porsche wants that super sporty um experience but doesn't want to spend thirty thousand dollars on it you know um absolutely yeah yeah
1: yeah and, and i couldn't agree more it's a it's a phenomenal driver's car. Mm-hmm. So if you're living out in California, if you're, if you're in a big city, have to commute a lot, probably not going to be your best bet. Like right. I said, it's very slow. But right. if you live near the canyons, if you live in, near some of the Appalachian Mountains with those foothills, mm-hmm. that's where it thrives. Because yeah. if you had too much power, you'd be, you'd be flying off the road, right? You're not on a track. You can't own the entire road. So it's got enough power to have a lot of fun in and, and high second, third, and fourth gear. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's got the torque. It's got the power to do what you need. It rides really well. So it, if you don't have to fight a lot of traffic, you could make it your daily. There's a little sway in the corners. But you know, again, the one I drove was from 1986. I, right. I don't think there were any uh, serious modifications to the suspension. So it's going to have that sway right? As a lot of those right. older car did, cars did, but you still have the confidence right. that if you put it in a corner, it's you know where to put it in, you know how it's going to handle through, and you know how it's going to come out of that corner. Right. You can so, trust the
0: car every time.
1: Absolutely. You can yeah. trust it. So if, if you live near some real fun driving roads, I'd be hard pressed to find something that's more fun. And the last point that I wanted to touch on was the ownership. You had talked about you know being able to get into the Porsche community for $5000. Yeah. They're more expensive than that now, probably mm-hmm. 15, 20, 25. Really? They went that up that been, much? Because wow. guys are starting to realize they're they're just a great buy. Yeah. They're they're pretty reliable. So yeah. my buddy that has one, he had to put some money in at the beginning. I think the belts were were ready to go, there were some seals that that needed attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he put some money into it at the beginning. Uh, but then since he's owned it and it's been five or six years, there haven't been any catastrophic failures. There haven't been any big scaries, if you will. That right. Hey, we, you know, we're getting close to the end of this. You're going to need to replace it. Right. So it's a fairly reasonable car mm-hmm. to keep up with if you do the preventative maintenance. Now, I will caution people that are interested in looking into them. The belts are the number one thing you have to look for. Okay. The other thing that goes to the point that you mentioned about them being five grand, you get people that aren't car people that buy them because it's five grand to get a Porsche. Oh, uh, yeah. And so they buy them and then they sit. Or they buy them and then they beat the ever-living hell out of them on a racetrack. Right. And you have you really have no idea that they've been put through that. Right. Right. So be very, very aware of what you're getting into for the price that you are. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend guys go to PorscheClubofAmerica.org. It's free to look through the classifieds. Mm -hmm. You can't find where it is, and I don't think you can find contact information, but it's fairly cheap to join once you do find the car that you're really interested in. And I think they have uh, like a light membership where Mm -hmm. you can find location and contact information. A lot of guys in the Porsche Club, uh, I think a lot of them are older. Uh, A lot of them know what they have and how to maintain what they have. Right, right. So uh, I would highly encourage guys to go to Porsche Club of America. Even when you go to Porsche Club of America, do a pre-purchase inspection on these things. Yeah. You know, for most people, and Ben, you're probably different because you have the experience. Somebody like me that's going to look at one, I'd have no idea if I'm getting a beater or not. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. even, I'd maybe be able to look at the belts to see cracking obvious where obvious but i would still highly encourage somebody to get a pre-purchase inspection even if it's 5 10, 15 grand it's a lot of money and you don't know what ghosts are hiding in there unless you're an expert
0: that's very true and i i think i think you've covered this car very well i think um the one the one thing that deterred me and i want you to speak in on this is yeah. i really needed a daily driver so i don't think i was looking at like a daily driver car when i was looking at a 944 like you said yeah It's more of a for-fun car. It's a sports car. Don't anticipate being a grocery buyer in this thing. And the one thing that deterred me was... um, Everybody told me, well, repair costs for Porsches are pretty... pretty Not not exuberant, but significantly more than they would be for maybe a Honda or something. I don't know. Can you speak on that at all?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot more than, than a Honda. Okay. Part of that is because... Uh, on these old cars that have timing belts, there are special tools that, oh. that you need to be able to work with timing belts. Uh, and so you can't just pop down to the Jiffy Lube and, and get this thing worked on. You need to go to a Porsche specialist. Mm. Um, that being said, I think it's getting easier and easier to work on. Okay. Uh, obviously, YouTube is, is incredibly helpful. And I think the 944 yeah. community especially is starting to appeal to guys like us. Mm-hmm. Right? Guys that rely on YouTube that mm-hmm. rely on an owner's manual that they bought on Amazon for a, a much more detailed how to do this. Right. Uh, I, I think it is fairly easy to work on. Okay. Right? The eighties were and even early nineties were still, before you had all these insane computers that you had to figure out that basically ran the car. Yeah. Very mechanical. I think they are fairly easy to work on. There is so much room in that engine bay mm-hmm. to do things. Yeah. Uh, and so, I think if you can figure it out there were so many 944s made and even more that were just junked yeah. because they made so many of them that the parts I think are fairly available. So that is a- another differentiator with Porsche is that it's 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 in this sort of middle ground. Right? Yeah. You've got Ferrari and Lamborghini and Maserati, Aston Martin here in this very very high expensive rare class. Yep. Porsche especially at the time made enough and made them easy to work on, that it's appealing to guys like us. You, know, you think of yeah. the folks in the donut community that that are really excited to get in there and to wrench. I think the 944 is one of those that you can Like I said, the engine bay is big. It's not like an old 911 where you have to drop the engine to do a lot Ooh, of it just God. because that engine bay is you know, so about tight. yay big. Yeah. So it it gives guys an opportunity to get in there and wrench around, which is a positive nice. if you're the kind of guy that knows what he's doing. If maybe you're uh, someone else, probably more like me that that doesn't it, uh, and you get one from yeah. a guy like me, that's when I'd be concerned. Right.
0: Hmm. Well, and and discussing the the nine four four being made during the time period it was moves us into the news very smoothly here. Um, very smooth. Very nice transition there, Park. I know you're setting that one up for me. Thank you so much. I was much. setting it up. <laughs> Crack it right out of the park. Appreciate you, brother. Um, So today we are moving into the news. And the news, I'm going to have to look over at my laptop a few times because there are so many All random good? legal terms and things in the news. So if you've been on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, any social media platform and the algorithm sends you car stuff, you know what we're about to talk about. We're about to talk about what the EPA is trying to do, banning car modifications and car changes. So just so everybody knows, everybody knows the EPA is the Environmental Protection Agency. It was founded by Richard Nixon. Oh, man, in the 70s, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, well, whenever Nixon Richard... was president in the 70s. I'm yeah, not sure. in the 70s. Yeah. So it was founded by Richard Nixon in the 70s mostly to deal with like smog and pollution problems, because companies were um, like reducing air quality in cities like New York. They were finding evidence that people were dying from like smog problems in yeah. New York City. There were problems with companies dumping wastes into rivers. Um, so it, it really was a necessary thing when it was established. Yep. Um, unfortunately, as a lot of government agencies seem to do, over time, they just accumulate size and money when really they don't need to. Because, let's be honest, I mean, I've traveled internationally. If you've been to some other countries, smog and pollution are serious problems. We have a pretty decent handle on it here, I would say. Um,
1: I, I think, to people's surprise, our environmental footprint has decreased Mm-hmm. under under the Trump administration. Yeah. So I, I think there's a big, not to get political, but to your point that you made earlier, the EPA was founded with really good intentions. Yeah. Protecting protecting federal land, trying to clean the air and the water. Things that, I, mean, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody that says, yeah, I don't think we need to take care of the water in the air. The hell with it. Capitalism's great. I I, I don't think... I don't I think, think to yeah. Your point, the EPA was founded on very very good intentions and mm-hmm. it's unfortunately slowly creeping its way into areas that it has no business Yes, in.
0: exactly. And that is what everybody in the car community is saying right now. We're like cuz really okay, so right now what's going on is there the EPA is attacking a company called Gearbox Z, their diesel truck tuner company, which I guess you have okay. to live somewhere in the south to really be into that type of stuff, but it's still... Oh, come on. Country country's <laughs> country-wide, bub. Alright, alright, alright. It, does- <laughs> it doesn't matter. It just... <laughs> Excuse me. It's a niche that I haven't found yet, but it's still a yeah, car niche. Yeah, yeah. So, it's still something we care about because the car community is all-encompassing. I don't care if it's electric. Yeah. I don't care if it's diesel. I don't care if it's a freaking Mini Cooper or a Ford F350. It's a car and I care about it. So they're attacking this company and and they're essentially goliath because they have all the government resources they have all the news outlets they can reach and and send all these bs stories to that oh man these car modifications are ruining the environment okay we all know that some dudes modifying their 1990s japanese boxes and american muscle cars <laughs> Is not ruining the environment. There are plenty of and, other things happening.
1: And to clarify, box is the politically preferred term. It we is. We didn't come up with that ourselves. No. It's, it's no. <laughs> preferred terminology these days. So. That's very
0: PC for the car community. Please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the EPA is attacking Gearbox Z. Now, the EPA is Goliath, and our, and we're just the dudes on the sideline. We're scared. But our David to the to the EPA's Goliath is SEMA. So SEMA... SEMA stands for the Speed Equipment Manufacturing Association. They do have there's a SEMA okay. car show. I from what I understand it's just a car cool. corporation, a group of So it's Go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's probably a lobbying firm.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just a group of gentlemen much like all these other like all these other Rich old guy corporations. Yeah. I hate to yeah. say. Yeah, like
1: there's there's probably a, a food growers association. There's probably I know there's a some sort of soda association, and, yeah. and they basically lobbying is an aggressive term. They they advocate on behalf of their customers. Which there you go. Their customers are probably General Motors, probably Ford, probably FCA. Mm-hmm. And in situations like this, they do actually really good things. They they because. Companies, well, most of them, GM probably has their own lobbyists. But for example, Gearbox Z probably does not have exactly. a lobbying group. They're probably exactly. a really small shop. They specialize in diesel truck tuning and other diesel manufacturing mm-hmm. uh, aftermarket kits. So they need someone like SEMA to go to Washington and advocate on their behalf so that they can continue to do business.
0: Right, right. Politics because-
1: 101.
0: Boom! We're a really
1: multicultural, go. multifaceted <laughs> podcast here, folks. You're getting
0: the best up to speed, up to news. I mean, you really just we get keep it all. Here. We keep it all here for you, man. If you want to <laughs> learn something, just stay on. Um, <clears throat> but really, though, that and that's an amazing. And I think the analogy plays to that even more because we're Goliath is the EPA, and we're just standing here, yep. much like. Uh, I believe it was the Philistines—the bil- biblical reference—were attacking yes. the Israelites, and David yep. came up, and so SEMA came up and was like, because in 2015, uh, the EPA tried to shut down modification to automobiles, motorcycles, and more, and SEMA came in and essentially said, "Yeah, no, you can't do that. Like that's an infringement of rights and changing all these things." And the EPA was like, "Okay, okay," but the big fear now is that because the epa is so big they didn't really stop they just kind of backed down for now Mm. and so this is an opportunity for them to start to negate our freedoms to work on our cars the way that we want to and it this this is why this is so scary because some people might hear this now and be like oh gearbox z diesel trucks i don't care about that like let's just move on with our lives and I don't own a diesel truck, it's fine. But if the EPA does this to one yep. company in the South, the next thing they'll do is they'll say, um, suspension upgrades are no longer allowed. And well, everybody's affected by that. Then they'll say, yeah, you can't change anything with your exhaust. And they want to get to the point where they, um... Essentially, essentially they want to get it to the point where you cannot modify cars in order, in means of racing. So like it would just be stock cars running around on circuits. Like a bunch of stock BRZs driving around road America. <laughs> How ex- that's not going to be exciting at all. The class levels of racing are going to be minimized to the to an exponential degree.
1: So this is a really interesting thought mm-hmm. topic. And this is some real Q Q and on whack level tin foil hat stuff yeah but think about this okay who stands to gain from this
0: uh from limiting from, the ability from limiting to
1: aftermarket activities oh
0: manufacturers right
1: ah uh. big car manufacturers stand to gain from this because for example you can buy a, not anymore, but you could buy a Ford Focus, mm-hmm. and then for a heck of a lot less than an ST, you could go start to mod that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true.
1: Well, better example is a Ford Raptor, right? You you can either pony up and buy a Ford Raptor, or you can just buy an XL or an XLT.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: 20, 30 grand less from the factory. Mm-hmm. Hell of a lot more F 150s running around than there are Raptors running around. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the in the deep, dark dungeons of Washington, D.C., some of the Ford and GM lobbyists are having these conversations because they stand to gain from it. I'm not saying that's the case, Mm -hmm. might not be very conspiracy theory, but in the spirit of big corporations getting to run things around here in the United States these days, I could see how big car manufacturers could stand to gain from this. Because oh, it wanted to be because Toyota or Subaru could have, hey, here's our really cheap BRZ. Here's our race and I, model. Forgive me, I'm not big into the racing classes, but here's our class A, class B, class C models that you have to buy from us because the EPA has endorsed these. We've we've modified them through the government. Uh,
0: They've passed regulations, the regulations. Yeah.
1: Programs. Yeah. So I, I would hope that I, – because I think the manu- the car manufacturers probably don't like the EPA either. Yeah, uh, I would just not a, think so at all. Just an interesting tinfoil ha- Alex Jones conspiracy for your <laughs> well, listening enjoyment today. Uh,
0: I think you got to think about everybody who would be out of work with this. Like your tuner friends who own a tuner shop are out of work now. Your yep. modification – because there was a shop that I live next to in Orlando that – was really they built race cars like yeah they if i called them and i said hey i need some help with the miata they'd be like dude bring it over the dude would text me every few weeks how's the miata but if you pulled up there they're building porsches they're building Subarus, they're building toyotas they're tearing stuff apart and making it amazing that would literally like one day when they were working on my car for a few hours, I just sat out in the parking lot and like walked around between the cars because the things they were building were amazing. And all this stuff will go to hell if if this type of thing goes through. So what we can do about this, because as we went as as we said, SEMA made the RPM Act, which that was super clever, just rotations per minute. I love uh-huh. it. It stands for Recognizing the Protection of Motorsports Act. Um this made it through the—it's been deadlocked since 2019. It passed the House Committee, but it hasn't made its way to the House or the Senate. So Interesting. unless it moves to those other branches of government, you know, uh, it, nothing will really happen. The EPA will just continue to amass this tumor of, of strength that it has and eventually crush the car community, crush all of our enjoyment, crush our YouTube channel, crush all our hopes and dreams. <laughs> and, and, and and then so, China takes over and that's the end of the world. Right. And so... <laughs> So we need we need to reach out to our government officials, make phone calls, start a petition, talk to other car people about this so that people know what's going on because half the problem is people just don't know. And then it'll be too late one day when they wake up and they say, um, except for OEM tires, everything else is banned. Dude, I'm not racing on a track on OEM tires. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. I'm not trying to die.
1: So it is, a, you, you raise a great point because it won't just stop with exhaust tunes Mm -hmm. it won't stop with suspension kits Mm -hmm. it will it won't stop
0: yeah once they get an edge in it'll it'll just
1: keep going it'll be incredibly dangerous to uh, not only the car community but to your point the small businesses that thrive off of this i'm a huge motorcycle guy and Right. right now i've got an old 1977 uh, Yamaha XS650. And I can't tell you the number of shops that exist solely on that one motorcycle. Right. So if these mods, I, have, I assume, would impact the motorcycle community as well. Oh, yeah. That's a huge problem. I mean, you, you talk about this Gearbox Z. Uh, there is a, I think it's called American Trucks. Mm -hmm. all they do is sell truck mods. Okay. It would would ruin that sector of the economy, which would have, think about the fallout, right? Those guys probably have a wife and kids. The wives that work there probably have husbands and kids that they support. Mm -hmm. And it would just be absolutely devastating to a number of communities. Yeah. Uh, The fallout would be exponential. So just disappointing to see.
0: Super disappointing to see. I'll, I'll, moving away from this so so call your government officials talk about it, make a petition, do something about it. We're doing our part by telling you about it. I'm gonna call my freaking governor after this <laughs> get on the phone, get on the line with the boy and Pick then the phone, and see, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and see what I can do. So moving into our final topic for today we have our open-ended discussion part. take the reins, my guy, take the wheel as you should and there you go and let's uh move into this.
1: So it's interesting because I think the whole conversation ties into this really well. Mm-hmm. So we start off with the 944. It's old, it's slow, but it handles really well. Now we talk about modding cars mm-hmm. and modding a lot of cars turns them into sports cars. You know, I've Beautiful. got that F-150 sitting out there that just has a, has a V8. It's got a pretty stock suspension. I could upgrade the hell out of it and turn it into a really, really sporty Baja truck. Mm -hmm. turning it into maybe not a sports car, but a sports truck at least. But a
0: Raptor-esque vibe, like you mentioned earlier. Super sporty. There you go. So
1: we have, I think, been building up to this because we've talked about a number of different cars, and and we want to know what actually defines a sports car. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I think there was a Supreme Court justice, uh, I want to say in the 80s or 90s, and there was a case about pornography and there were two sides to it one was defending smut films just what everybody thinks of as awful terrible porn right and then there were folks on the other side that were taking it way too far and saying well look at that painting that woman has no clothes that is that is also pornography and the judge wrote his decision and stated that you know, pornography is hard to define, but you know it when you see it. And I think that oh. kind of applies to a sports car. Okay. You know, it's it's was, hard to define. But, I didn't know where but, you, you were know, going with that, but oh, that, that was just,
0: smooth, bro. That was woo. nice.
1: <laughs> I think I was a lawyer in one of my past lives. But, um, there you go. Nice. It's really hard to define a sports car. I think because so much of it, similar to uh, what we were talking about earlier, is very subjective yeah I, I think there are people within the car community that would look at the 944 and they would laugh it off there are other people that would look at it and think this is mm. you cannot get more pure in my mind a 944 a miata i think those are yeah. the embodiment of a sports car they don't have to be fast i think they have to be light they have to be agile they have to be nimble and they have to do well in the corners yeah which 180 degrees of that you have old mustangs that i would absolutely consider sports cars but as soon as you put just a little a little twitch in that steering wheel you've you've killed half a lower manhattan so
0: <laughs> okay that i'm was curious good. to see what your definition is i okay i i love the point you just made and that analogy was a <laughs> chef's kiss my dude but i think um because cause in a previous podcast, you said something about a Miata, and I said, I don't think a Miata is a sports car. Yep. Okay, I'm going to expound on that thought. And I think Please. what makes a sports car is its purpose. I don't think, cause, and so I'm wrong. My statement from earlier is wrong because okay, it's about what it was made to do. It's not about what it is. I like that. It's about what it was made to do. And that's why everybody knows that's why that's why Porsche is a racing company we don't even care that they make SUVs anymore because Porsche's and Porsche's entire existence has been about making fast track cars and a track car is a sports car because now there are drift cars that's not a sports car in my opinion it's a drift car same amount of respect different thing now there are racing trucks as I mean, That's a whole bubble to get into. But what I'm trying to say is if it was designed to go quickly on a track, I think it's a sports car. And so a question that that breeds for me is, so yes, like a Miata 944, if it was made for drivability, if it was made to be an enjoyable driving experience, I think it's a sports car.
1: Interesting, because I think that raises the question. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, then I was going to ask you.
0: What do you think of supercars? Are those technically sports cars?
1: I would have to say, absolutely, because they're because built for drivability, right? They're built for drivability, right? Oh, I, I think there are questions from our last podcast about the LaFerrari, but the P One, the yeah. Nine Eighteen, yes. those are also quintessential sports cars. Yes, just at the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Yes. Because, well, you're not
0: spending four thousand. You're spending four hundred thousand. Right, right.
1: I can't. They, they, I I would argue they're not sports cars for the masses. Right. Because guys like us just can't afford those. That doesn't make them less sporty sports cars. And I think mm-hmm. you'd have people that disagree with us, me specifically, with the nine forty four and the Miata. They'd say pff, those those are just imitation sports cars because right. they aren't. They aren't fast enough. They don't handle well enough. But I think for the masses, they're absolutely sports cars. And and the, the point I was going to make is in support of what you had just said about what they're built for, I would argue that the Raptor isn't really a truck. I, I think okay. it's a, a sports truck because I think it can haul. It, it has a good payload. It has still a, a big beefy engine. But it's different than just your regular F-150. Your F-150 is is tuned to go low and slow for a long time, especially in those diesel engines. It's made to haul, it's made to tow, it's made to just get beat up in a field, not necessarily on a Baja. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But I I like what you said about what it's built for because Mm -hmm. you think about it, uh, and even a Golf Rabbit, right? That's designed to be more just a regular transport, but after a couple tunes, it's very much a fun car. The GTI obviously is is the embodiment of that from the well, manufacturer.
0: This brings it into rally cars cuz that's what I was going to ask you then because rally cars are made to in be super insane driving experiences. So are yeah. those considered sports cars? So I think what we need to do
1: is put these into parallel columns. Okay. Because obviously a 944 is much different than a Baja truck. Right. Which is much different than a rally car, which right. is much different than a La Ferrari. Right. And so I think they are different, but serve a similar purpose. I think they fall under this umbrella of sport. Right. Motorsport, I think, is the good way, is is the good term to use. Because obviously a buick Lasab, the sabre is not a sports car i mean <laughs> the there is no mobile. way to put right there's yeah. no way there is no way to put lipstick on that pig and call it a sports car it, at the end of the right. day it's a boring sedan that can't go around a corner it can't go fast in a straight line its sole purpose is to get grandma and grandpa to church on sunday then to bob evans for lunch and then back home <laughs> Maybe stopping by the grandkids, right? Like <laughs> there, there's, there's nothing else that that car does. <laughs> that was and the we get analogy
0: into of that car,
1: we get into a sticky situation with some of the BMWs. Mm-hmm. Right? I think especially the modern five series, maybe a five twenty eight. Can you call that a, a sports car? I don't know. It, the five series has gotten so wide, so long, so heavy that without the the three point five liter in it. Or mm-hmm. what they're calling the three, uh, the 535, which I think might have a three liter in it now. Is it is it a sports car? I would probably I mean, err on the side of not so much.
0: And this brings up, we had a conversation about the Super last week, or two weeks ago, last episode, where I said, the bells and whistles make me feel like it's not a sports car. Because its yeah. sole purpose is no longer to just be a fast, enjoyable experience. Yep. But that's what that car was made for. Toyota said, yeah, we'll include all the bells and whistles. We'll do that because we know we have to. But we yeah. built a Supra to be a fast, fun, quick car that people are going to race on the streets, on the track, on the road, in any situation. So that is very much the definition of a sports car in, from what we're saying here. And I think yeah. you're right. I think there are brackets. There are um Rally sports cars, uh, sport trucks, we should say motorsport, motorsport rally cars, motorsport trucks, motorsport mass cars. Like that's why the followings for a Miata and a 944 are huge because a huge company, Mazda or Porsche said, we're going to make a sports car for you guys. You know we can't give it all the bells and whistles because we're gonna sell it to you for like twenty four, and the nine forty fours are selling for ten or fifteen now, which is a little more expensive than they used to be. But you can still yeah. get a Miata for five grand. So, and then you and then you have the last bracket, which would be like the supercar motorsports. Yeah. yeah, which are the a LaFerrari is or a Porsche nine eighteen I think is nine hundred eighteen thousand dollars but that's still a car so. that we all look at and we're like bro that's a sports car and rich dudes know oh i just bought a sports car they don't it's a, they could buy a rolls royce it's just it's just levels you know and so i yep. think it's it's the purpose of what it was made for i really think that's what we're coming to here
1: i think that's a good that's a good summary of of the thought and the last the last point that i'll make and then we can kind of wrap it up and close it out ship it on home mm-hmm. is I think as car enthusiasts, we're going to have to continually shift our description of that sports car. Because mm-hmm. the point about the 944, I, I think I mentioned if I didn't, I wanted to. The cup holders are maybe about yay indented <laughs> inside of the glove box. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you have to have the glove box down. <laughs> right probably eating tea and biscuits. <laughs> and that's that's it, because Porsche built that car, you're driving it. You're not talking on the phone, you're mm-hmm. driving it. Yep. You're not eating while you're driving, you're driving it. I think they still have that in mind, but because cars are such an expensive item, mm-hmm. people are not going to buy a car without a nice Bluetooth radio with navigation. Right. People are not going to buy without heated seats, without leather seats, without a leather wrap steering wheel, without all the bells and whistles that used to not come in sports cars. Mm-hmm. Because cars are so expensive, people just expect that. Right. I think they've got to have it because back in the back in the day, it <laughs> used to just be we bought a luxury car right. and the luxury car had those things in them, or we bought a Chevy. And it came with some of the stuff that we wanted not all of it but we're not buying a luxury car we're just buying (laughs) we're just buying a a people mover car or we are buying just a sports car Mm -hmm. we want it to just be a sports car right but now i think people have less money people are more frugal with their money and so they are buying a sports car but guys want to be able to drive that to work they want to be able to pick up their kids they want to be able to take their wife out and them or husband, you know, whoever the car enthusiast is in the family, and their significant other not complain. Well, come on, like this doesn't even have a cup holder. I, right? I'm not going with you anywhere because it doesn't have a cup holder. It doesn't right. have heated seats. It doesn't right. have lights under the mirror so I can see what I'm doing.
0: And the dub, so, the dub is to find the significant other who doesn't care, <laughs> the one hey. who's like, I know it's a Miata. I don't expect to have a cup holder
1: in here. <laughs> So we were gonna wait till next week to drop this, but uh just another car show podcast is actually creating a dating app in which oh, yeah. it is expected that you know when you swipe right on someone, you could care less <laughs> about their <laughs> box, about their oh, uh nine forty for <laughs> <no> cup holders.
0: <laughs> oh my god. On that amazing, on amazing, amazing note. Uh look out for the just another car show dating app. Make sure that you like, that you subscribe, that you comment what you think a sports car is, the definition of a sports car. Let us know what you think of this video and this podcast and keep supporting as we keep building this thing. Thank you so much for watching, Park. Thank you always for being here, brother. We will see you guys on the next one. Thanks, y'all. Peace out. See ya.